I do my best to live a healthy lifestyle. I try to get out there, work out, break a sweat when possible. I'm not necessarily a fitness or a, a wellness freak, but I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier every single day, which is where Sun Warrior comes into play for me. It is a plant-based, eco-friendly, performance-boosting, all things brand that I want to talk about. And it's their active nutrition line that is something that I've been messing around with over the course of the past couple of months. And it's really working out for me because with protein, creatine, pre-workout and hydration, these products are designed to optimize your performance. And I'm always up for optimizing any aspect of my life, even boosting my own energy reserves or being more hydrated after a long day in the gym or on the golf course. It really does turbocharge my recovery. It's something that I really take seriously and it's real nutrition for real life. So go check out sunwarrior.com and use code FIRST. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast, Travelers Championship in the books. Dustin Johnson walks away with a victory, and we're breaking it all down. We're going four wide tonight. Let me bring in the crew. It's Greg Ducharme. What up, Greg? All good, man. This is a, a fun week. It kind of was looking like we were going to get a runaway, and uh, it got quite interesting. It, it was a fun week. It was a fun week. Mark Immelman also here. Mark, it's been a bit since you and I have had the opportunity to chat. Looking forward to this. I know, man. I can't get onto the show anymore. You guys are just putting out such hot takes. I mean, the place is on <laughs> fire, and I figure I may stay. I may as well stay outside of the building. Hmm? It might. It might be safer that way because King <laughs> of the Hot Take is here. It's Kyle Porter. Uh, got anything spicy lined up for us here this evening? I'm just ready to, to talk Scott Stallings and his T6 at the Travelers. <laughs> when didn't you discount him like a few months ago? You no, did. no, 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 no. I, oh, that I, was Phil. Sorry. He's always my go-to for generic PGA Tour player. Like if I have to just pull somebody out of out of the, which by the way, the, I think Rick and I talked about this on Saturday. On uh, yeah, Saturday, this is like the generic player open. I mean, you've got Streelman, you've got Brendan Steele, you've got <laughs> Troy Merritt, uh, you've got uh, somebody else popped up there today. Um, Mark Desire, Mark Hubbard, Brendan Steele. Yeah, I mean, it's just it. Yeah, generic player open. Let's do it. <laughs> Well, let's do it. One generic player uh, named Dustin, not named Dustin Johnson, because DJ is certainly not a generic player. This is now the 13th consecutive year that he is going to find a win on the PGA Tour. I should say season. I think it is technically, Greg. So here's the thing. I thought of all, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. I don't know if we ever talked about it on air, but like we were kind of being like, wow, DJ doesn't look all that good. This might be the year it ends. I, that's what I was thinking. I, I was a little worried. Is it really going to end because we had a, a pandemic and he lost three months of the season? You know, I, I felt like Dustin Johnson was a guy um, when, when we kind of after President's Cup, when we got into the calendar year, he was kind of being a little overlooked. And I thought it had a lot to do with the injury that was causing to uh, some kind of suspect play. We also had a lot of other superstars like Rory McIlroy and John Rahm playing great golf, stealing a lot of the limelight. But then you kind of have a, a rusty Dustin Johnson because of the knee injury. And then we get into this break and now he comes back and he's rusty again for a couple of weeks. Uh, and it sounds like he just needed to find a putter and, and boy, he found a putter. That was some putting performance this week. 
Rusty Dusty no more, brother. And I think it's more, <laughs> I think it's more than just the putter. I, I, I heard something in the Nats watching the show, and it's nice to be on the other side of the, the television screen, where Dottie Pepper, who was on his group, spoke with Austin um, during, I think, I think he was forecatting maybe on the front nine somewhere. And Dottie was walking down there, and so she popped him a quick question. So how's it going? And he goes, I'm glad my man is finally healthy. So there's always more to play than just, you know, numbers and data and, and finishes and stuff like that. So, so, so I feel like, you know, Dustin Johnson healthy and that knee doing better. I, that, 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 that is a deal too. Was that another jet ski injury? I don't know. No, no giggles from anybody. I gave it a chuckle. I get, I yeah, a, little a little bit. Stay in your corner, baby. So this is what he does. Now he won't tweet that because he's tried it on us and it didn't work. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah Testing if, ground. If he gets giggles from us and it goes on Twitter. It becomes official. Right. Uh, Kyle, let's do this. So uh, the longest consecutive seasons with a win to start the career, uh, illustrious list of names here. Jack Nicholas, Arnold Palmer, Tiger Woods. I've heard of all those guys. Dustin Johnson on this list. This is like a very i don't i don't know if we call it a record or whatever it is but like this list is so exclusive and i like i don't know put this into historical perspective for me uh he's at 13 is that right yeah. okay yeah. i mean i i think it's not unreasonable to say that dj is one of the most talented golfers of all time and and, and that i'm not saying that he's one of the most accomplished i'm not saying he's even necessarily one of the best but in terms of just pure talent, and I, and I think that, you know, I, I was thinking about this as he's playing that final round. I mean, how many opportunities did he have to eject from that round? He hits out of bounds on, uh, was that 13? Uh, he almost hits it in the water on 15. He's playing, you know, he's standing in the water while there's lightning going on. It's insane. And yet he just bounces back and bounces back. And we do this thing where I think we like make fun of like, oh, DJ, you know, he doesn't care, you know, whatever. But like the genius of DJ is that he doesn't care and he's able to bounce back on the very next shot, the very next hole. And that's the story of, I think, his entire career. And it was the story of this round. And that, to me, it serves as a microcosm for the way his entire career has gone. I'll mind this a little deeper, Rick. Um, 13 wins in a row is just insane. Uh, it's, yeah. So many things have to go your way for such a long period of time, injury notwithstanding. And, and to Greg's point, COVID pandemic almost ruined this thing for him and he wasn't playing very well. But 21 wins in your career. Okay, listen to this list over here. He's now ahead of Greg Norman and David Graham, both in the Hall of Fame. He's tied with Davis Love Third and Lanny Watkins, both in the Hall of Fame. So... Yeah, with one major twenty and 21 wins, or 21 wins including a major, he's a Hall of Fame guy, simply put. There are, are so many players on, on, uh, on tour who have had these moments, these Dustin Johnson-type moments that have ruined their career. And this is what Kyle was alluding to, moments where you can hit the eject button. And, and these critical losses, they end careers on the PGA Tour all the time not Dustin Johnson. And he has had so many close calls. I think of the PGA at Whistling Straits. I think it was 2000, uh, 2010 or something when Martin Keimer won at Whistling Straits. And then uh, you have the situation in the U.S. Open when Jordan Spieth won in 2015 at Chambers Bay. Just heartbreaking situations that didn't break him. He just turns around and give, puts himself right back in position time and time again. So the fact that 
I don't know if I'd say he doesn't care. He's unaffected. He's very level and, and it works really well for him and allows his talent to shine through and get wins. But some of these close calls go the other way. And he really, I mean, he becomes uh, one of the more accomplished players ever, especially what happens in majors. You heard the list Mark mentioned. If this guy had four majors, which you very easily could have right now, uh, he, we'd be talking about him as uh, an all-time great. Uh, he should have won the uh, 16 Masters, too, if he hadn't fallen down the stairs. He won. Oh, boy, he was playing so good leading in. Yeah. Uh, so that I'm glad you said that, Greg, because I, I wanted to bring this up. I, I think that... And this sounds, this is going to sound crazy because I've been talking about how mediocre he's been for the last 15 months because he has been, but I think we're on the verge of, of being able to talk about DJ as like a top 20 or 25 guy ever, depending on how the next five years go. And now obviously you got to win like three or four more majors. You probably got to get to like 30, 35 wins, but I don't know that those things are necessarily like out of you know, out of the realm of possibility. And, and so you do that and it's like, wait a second, how good is this guy historically? And now again, it's all about the majors and you're probably going to look back and be like, man, he should have won that U S open. He should have won that PGA and he didn't. And those were the opportunities in there, but I don't know. I mean, maybe he's the guy that rips off the three out of seven in the upcoming stretch of, of majors that we have coming up. Six World Golf Championships, one major. Mark, let's look at this Sunday round because it was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of weird. Scoring was very low. By the time you get Dustin Johnson and Brendan Todd off, you're thinking, oh my gosh, 23 under might win this thing. 22 under might win. Like this is, this is going to be a, you know, buckle, buckle up. This is going to be a, a crazy Sunday. And it kind of was, but it's because Brendan Todd ejects Dustin Johnson was on the verge of it a couple of times, but he was just kind of able to hold it all together. And when you back up what he did Friday with what 63 61 on Saturday, like this is some of the, like, like Dustin looked good. Like he looked like number one Dustin again. Well, there's a couple of things to bear in mind, in my opinion. And, and we saw this transpire over the first few weeks at both colonial and Hilton head where morning waves had the better of the scoring and the afternoon stuff would get a little harder. Golf courses typically go that way because places dry out. You know, you've got full fields in all of these events. So there's a bunch of traffic. So greens get a bit kicked up and all of a sudden those three, four, five, six footers become a different animal compared to the guys playing early in the morning. So I think going with the average score for the day is a little skewed on Saturday and Sunday. You, you can certainly use that on Thursday and Friday, but over the weekend, uh, I, I'm not so sure about it because everyone also is off one tee. But to that, you know, conditions w would deteriorate some. And then you've got to bear in mind, too, the guys that are teeing off at 10 a.m. on Sunday, they are free swinging. They are basically trying to find something going as low as they can versus the guys that tee off after 1 p.m., right? You you should, Kyle Porter, make a, make a strokes lost statistic for tee times after 12 p.m. on Sunday afternoon because – there's an element of sphincter tightening about stuff going on then because it's when checks get signed and trophies get hanged out, handed out. So, so, so to me, I just love the fact that a golf course suits just barely over 6,800 can play to that stroke average on a par 70. I love the fact that it defended itself. I love the fact that it, it gave birdies if you had quality shots, but it tripped you up if you didn't. And, and so, you, you know, looking at the way the leaders kind of dropped the anchor maybe and just played in neutral a little bit, 
you know, they kind of knew what they had to do. Essentially, at one stage, it was a two-horse race. Yeah, Kevin Streelman sort of came, you, you know, came to the fore late. But at one stage, it was looking like it was going to be Brendan Todd and Dustin Johnson. So they basically just trying to stay ahead of each other, where the guys in front were trying to make as many birdies as they can. So that plays into sort of strategy and how one attacks a golf course. So there's a whole bunch of factors that are brought to bear when it comes to, you know, scoring averages and stuff, especially on Sunday. Uh, okay. First of all, the Patriots signed Cam Newton. Don't know if you saw, if you guys just saw that on Twitter. We did. Second of all, <laughs> explain to me why scoring average doesn't matter on Saturday and Sunday again, Mark. What, what was that all about? No, because on Thursday, Friday, you get an afternoon and a morning tea time. So typically those will even out because you'll have an afternoon time when the wind is up, when the green's a bit crusty and bumpy. So you've got a morning and an afternoon to even stuff out. Saturday, Sunday, it's not the case. And if you're teeing off late on Saturday and Sunday, you will typically always see those numbers a click higher than what they are in the guys going out in, early in the morning. Like Dustin, okay. when he shot 61, yeah. was well out in front of the leaders and that, played that, his way into yeah. contention. That makes sense. Uh, yeah. and, and Everything even, I say makes sense. You know it. Well, <laughs> I got to like... You got to show your work sometimes, but uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, even, even talking about like guys just finishing up late, it gets a little tight. I mean, we don't, and I, I agree with your point. Like, I don't know, there's probably some advanced metrics to disprove this, like, like uh, clutch hitting in baseball is not a thing, but I just feel like you get into the back nine on Sunday and you're on the leaderboard and it's just different. Like if you've been out there, and especially at majors, if you've felt what's going on, it, it just, it's a, it's like a different tournament. It's like a different sport almost. And they're guys that master this Nicholas Woods, Nicholas said as much, he goes on Sunday afternoon, I just don't make mistakes. I'll let the rest of them take care of themselves. Tiger essentially did that. And here Brooks kept curve late. He figured out whatever the conundrum was on a Sunday afternoon. He didn't trip himself up and, basically found his way to four major championships in a very short space of time. Dustin Johnson is going to move to the number three player in the world. He's going to kick Webb Simpson out of the top five after one week within um, there. <laughs> right. <that's tough. laughs> uh, Dustin Johnson now fifth on the all-time PGA tour career earning $63 million. Also pretty tough, but let's talk about uh, Brendan Todd, Greg, because I think there was a freaky Friday situation on the side of the 12th green where Brendan Todd and I switched bodies and then he <laughs> skulls one over, uh, or I guess I skull one over. Then I can't get up and down. Then, then we switch bodies back later, but like how this was not a great day for Brendan Todd. Oh, this is such a frustrating day. And I thought Brendan Todd was going to have a good, I thought he was going to have a good Sunday. I thought he was ready to go. He had missed. We talked about this on HQ at, at length. He had missed one fairway in three rounds of golf. It was incredible. And it reminded me a little bit of, uh, of, of when Dustin Johnson and Ted Potter Jr. were kind of, I'll say, dueling it out at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am on Sunday. And Todd, Ted Potter Jr. got the better of him because he just kept putting it in position and he had short irons in and was able to, to hit quality shots and DJ didn't have his best day. Uh, well, today, Brendan Todd, Earl, he never got anything going. It just got stuck in the mud right from the get-go. Uh, you know, and the game is uh, is such a it's such a fine line. And you look at the second shot at number two, just comes up short. It's probably a yard away from hanging up there and having a really good look at birdie, and it comes back and it ends up short. You look at what happens on number twelve. If that gets into the bunker, 
it, it, he probably doesn't thin it, maybe say thin it o- over the green, uh, all, all the way back there and make that mess. Yeah. yeah he definitely so it's doesn't. a fine line. And, and yeah. to, and to all of that, you know, as I watch this, this is where even on a short golf course, and now I'm speaking right into Carl's wheelhouse here that it, you know, him playing alongside Dustin Johnson, he was at a significant disadvantage even though driving accuracy was a thing at this golf course, it proved itself um, basically through three rounds. But when you're going in, there was one hole on the front side where he, I think had like three or four round in his hand and Dustin basically caressed a wedge to about five feet and made a birdie and was a two, I think just a one stroke swing at that stage. But, but there, 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 he was at a huge disadvantage versus DJ. Well, you see it on number four, like they're kind of, they're going really sl- kind of slowly chipping themselves away and on number four, Brendan Todd leaves himself a long way in from the fairway again and just misses the green to the right. Dustin Johnson is in. I mean, this is a 490 yard hole for Brendan Todd. That's a long that's a long hole for Dustin. Not so much. He hits it into the left rough and, and hits it on the green to like six feet. And and I think if you're Brendan Todd, that's the moment where you say, whoa, I this guy's got stuff I don't have because I can't hit that shot out of, out of that rough from that distance. Well, that's the thing, you know, it's, it's like, I'll, I'll do my other sport anecdote now too. It's like us Russia in that Olympic hockey match, right? The U S could beat Russia if they played the perfect game on the day. Now, were they going to beat them all of the time? No. Brendan Todd could have won that thing if he played absolutely perfect today, but Dustin didn't really have to be because of the weapons he had at his disposal. Kyle, you get to wrap here on Brendan Todd. I thought the big turning point was five where, you know, DJ makes birdie, uh, basically gets those two guys to even. Uh, I think they're both, I don't know what they were at the time, 18 under, something like that. And Brendan Todd has, you know, not done anything but made five pars on the day. And now he's staring down Dustin Johnson in this heavyweight bout. And I think that's when it changed. And I, and I also believe that we can retire our Brendan Todd as player of the year conversation for now. <laughs> I, I thought i thought for me it was uh it was on nine uh dj made let's see dj birdie uh bogeyed seven and then he birdied eight and nine is that right yep. yes because he makes the 27 footer on eight and then he makes like a seven or eight footer on nine and so all of a sudden dj is out in 32 you're out in 35 and you're trailing dj going to the back that's different like that's very different than coming in um, even, even like if you're up by one or you're tied with DJ going to the back, you're trailing Dustin Johnson and he's just pouring it in from all over the place. That's, that's problematic. And then obviously the complete ejection on, uh, on 12, it was, it was a tough day. I mean, 75 when the scoring average is the lowest it's been all week, 68.1 doesn't make a birdie. It was just, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe it was just a bad day, but I can't help but think that he was affected by the fact that, you know, on 12, you don't, you don't even get on the green until you're six shot. And DJ is just sitting there doing DJ stuff, staring at you. And that, I mean, that has to get in your head, right? I'll add to that. Uh, um, the DJ makes from off the green on 10 when yeah. really, but looked for all intents and purposes that Brendan had a slight advantage. There's on the front edge of the green up putting uphill. DJ has got a tough up and down and he makes it. And then from then on, it was like one-way traffic. 
Yeah, I don't think Brendan Todd on 12 gave up his turn for like four or five shots in a row. It was pretty pretty brutal <laughs> was to watch. Tough. Yeah. My God. Uh, well, if you want to watch something that's not so brutal to look at, check us out on YouTube. How's that for a segue to a promo? We are on YouTube, the First Cut Podcast. Give us a sub. Tell us what you – leave some comments. We'll reply to them. It's all good. So join us. We will uh, We'll tweet everything out. Make sure that after you subscribe – you hit that little notification bell because you want to hear these as soon as they come out, right? Right after a round, you want to hear it. DFS preview, you want to hear it. So uh, let us know what you think about that. And Greg Ducharme, let me know what you think about Will Gordon because he was really the story for a lot of this, right? Goes out, shoots 66-62 on Thursday and Friday. We know all everything he's playing for. Kid's playing for a career. Pretty impressive for him to finish T3 here. Not a name you're overly familiar with, although he does have three finishes inside the top 21 on the PGA Tour this season, uh, all sponsors exemptions. And as we remember from when I, I call them the college kids, Hovland, Morikawa and Wolf, when they were playing, they had that that limit of sponsors exemptions and it becomes a big deal. So as you're kind of running into that time, well, well, let me say first, during that time, he accumulated enough FedEx Cup points to get into the Corn Ferry Tour finals. And once you get there, you can get your PGA Tour card the way Victor Hovland did. Well, there is no Corn Ferry Tour Finals this year. So now you kind of have to wait 18 months until you have another real opportunity to get to earn your PGA Tour card. So this is a huge week for him. And when you go out and shoot 62 on Friday the way he did, you turn on the TV on Friday and Will Gordon's leading and you're like, who's Will? who is Will Gordon? How is he winning the turn? And we're going to have another classic duel between Will Gordon and Phil Mickelson. You, it, it doesn't really make sense. And then we can, he rounds back to form on Saturday, but the round on Sunday impressed me so much to go shoot 64 on Sunday. When, as, as Mark said, now it's time to go cash your check. And he did just that. It, it was really impressive. And I mean, he's only 23 years old sec player of the year in 2019, uh, I'm getting the sense watching him swing the club, watching the way that he played under the pressure this week. This is not going to be the last time we talk Will Gordon. Uh, yeah, I will agree with that. I spoke with his instructor, Justin Parsons, over the weekend in preparation for Saturday. And Justin's nickname, and Justin's worked with some good golfers in his time, and his nickname for Will is Neo. Like, you know, the dude from The Matrix? Because this guy has just got this uncanny ability to just have time slow down, and he doesn't get flustered by the moment. Because I, Justin texted me and I texted him back. I'm like, hey, it's learning zone 101 with Phil Mickelson now on the final group Saturday. And he goes, no, I call this guy Neo because of how he deals with stuff. Now, things just didn't go his way, but he turns around and shoots, what was it, 64 or 5, I think it was today, to basically earn his, his PGA Tour card, you know, at its core. And then a couple of years ago at the, president, at the Palmer Cup, um, where I was the, the, the international captain, I must credit my assistant coach, Robert Duck from Florida State. He said to me, he goes, Mark, you work on the tour. Come with me. Come and watch Will Gordon at golf balls. He goes, I want your take. And so we, and now Will's playing for the United States, right? So we're in a cart and we drive out there and just watch him hit a few balls. And he looks and he goes, what do you think? And I'm like, this boy's legit. And he goes, yeah, watch this one. And lo and behold, Robert Duck, um, your... We, we should have him on the podcast because apparently he can pick him. 
Robert Duck can pick him. That T3, Kyle, is going to get Will Gordon this special temporary status. Uh, I don't really know what this means, but essentially what he can do is use as many sponsors exemptions as he wants. And I thought it was until the end of this season, but actually we might think it's the end of next season. Yeah, I think that's right. This is the uh, this is the Spieth uh, from 2013. Timestamp that, producer Jacob. Um, <clears throat> this is somebody else did this recently. Did did one of the did Morikawa do this last year? Well, he tried um, to. Doc but, Redman oh, did. Doc Redman. There you Doc, go. That's what it is. Yeah, he, at the Rocket Mortgage next week. Yeah, yes. that's right. That's right. Because he he finished T uh, two there. I think. Yeah, that's right. Yes. So you know, it's interesting because it doesn't it didn't matter. So he, it was weird because, because uh, Will Gordon was already in rocket mortgage this year with this upcoming week on a sponsor exemption. But the fact that he finished in the top 10 at travelers meant that he didn't have to use the sponsor exemption because he had just automatically got in, but then he got unlimited sponsor exemption. So no matter which way you want to look at it, he's in the field at rocket mortgage. Uh, he's going to be in a lot of fields. And I think I went through this, this thread on Twitter, which is always dangerous, but I think <laughs> he has to finish in the top uh, 125 of FedEx cup point earners, Mark's currency. He tries to spend yeah. it at Domino's pizza. Uh, it doesn't work. work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he has to finish in the top 125 this season to get his card. I think that's right. Cause normally it's, it's, from the previous year it's from last season anyway there's a lot of math involved will gordon's awesome he's going to be awesome for a long time the, the short of is we're going to see him play a lot of tournaments because he's going to try to make a run at this is basically the short of it right he's going to yes. try to earn this card that's what i mean it's what victor hovland tried to do last year remember victor hovland played like 10 out of 11 weeks or something because these yeah. guys are just grinding to get their card and then you get temporary and then you try to get full status and i, th I think sometimes people don't realize how big the chasm is between do I have status on the PGA tour next year or do I not? Because then all of a sudden you can start going down the corn ferry into the McKenzie tour and it becomes so, I mean, you, you have, it's so important to take advantage of the sponsor exemptions, which, you know, obviously he's done with uh, not just this finish. He's finished in the top, I think 30 several times over the last eight or nine months. And I, I thought the bounce back 64 after 71 on Saturday was awesome. It was yeah. really impressive. Very impressive. Yeah. You can be stuck without a tour in some situations. Now, Mark, uh, real quick, before we go to break, do your, does your FedEx cup points, is, do those come on a little piece of plastic or is it paper, paper currency that you have? <laughs> yeah, big checks, dude. I'm big checks. No, that, <laughs> that makes way more sense. Just pass it over the counter every time yeah. you need to use it. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to talk uh, Victor Hovland on the other side, but let's take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Are you still suffering from supply chain issues? Are they disrupting your operations? Well, have no fear because Graybar has you covered and you can rely on their nationwide logistics network to get what you need, where they need, when they need to get there and all within budget. Graybar is a trusted and leading North American distributor of electrical communications, data networking, industrial products, literally supporting products of any 
industry, construction, hospitals, industrial plants, schooling, it doesn't matter. Just one clear mission to serve as that vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. So here's what you need to do. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. Visit graybar.com to start an order today and fix those supply chain issues with Graybar. So I'm a father of what? I got to find a babysitter. I found care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. And we're back. Victor Hovland cards four straight rounds under 70 at the Travelers Championship. He's been really good, Greg, since this restart. I think we all know the talent, right? We all have been saying these three kids, right? You lump them all together. We lump them all together. Victor Hovland is so good. His pants are so cool. Like, he's going to be in contention a lot. I was just going to ask you, like, do you like the orange pants? I know where Kyle probably sits on that orange pants or the, the joggers with the stripes. I, I call them the break, the rip away pants. It looks like the rip away pants are, pants. are, uh, I like those. He looks like he's ready for it, man. He's ready yeah. to play. Yeah. So cool. So I love the kid. He's got a, just a calm presence about him. He doesn't take himself too seriously. You don't get the sense that he's frazzled. You don't get the sense when there's an area in his game that, maybe needs a little work. It's a huge deal to him. He he kind of just goes about his business and has a way of laughing it off. But I mean, I guess it's a little bit easier to do when you're just that good. He is so impressive to watch. And the swing is so repeatable. And man, I mean, Colin Morikawa has gotten a ton of attention and deservedly so. But Victor Hovland in the long run, I mean, I think he's right there with him on a, on a talent perspective. Maybe he has a little work to do around the greens. Uh, with a short game, but the kid's so good and continued it this week. You referenced the work around the greens. I, it appears to me now, again, this is a short sample. It's only three weeks, but it looks like he went and used this break, this mid season off season, as Justin Thomas called it to tighten up the stuff around the greens, because going into the break, I think he, he was outside the top 200 in scrambling and strokes gained around the greens. And here over the last three weeks, He's gaining strokes around the greens. He did this week again. And and this week, there were chipping areas. It's not that stuff where there's um, rye rough around every green where you have to hit explosion shots. So it basically mitigates short game skill. The beauty about this golf course, the greens are perched up. They're chipping areas. There's rough. There's bunkers. They're well bunkered. And then the greens have got all this movement. So you would have some craftiness about you around the greens to get them up and down. And and he was pretty soft. I think it was nine out of 15 around the greens this week scrambling. And so he has used this time to go and iron out that issue. And uh, and to me, that was the only glaring you know, issue that he had with his game. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think the story of this week is going to be the story of the early part of Hovland's career. And that's that he finished first uh, from tee to green. So he was first in strokes and tee to green. And then he was 63rd in putting and 37th around the green. So his short game just is not where it needs to be. And, you know, he, he's a better putter than that. That's not indicative of what his skill is as a putter. But he's going to be awesome from tee to green. He's kind of the 
you know, he, he without like all the memes and the jokes and everything, he's kind of like what Bryson is in terms of he's re I mean, he's like one of the best at the thing that you need to be best at, which is having, uh, which is gaining strokes off the tee. I mean, again, I've said it a million times, go look at the guys who gain strokes off the tee. Those are your big money earners on the PGA tour. That's just, that's just how it works. And you're going to have somebody like a Brendan Todd, uh, like a Ryan armor. That's the other generic, uh, player that I was trying to think of earlier, by the way. Yes. That, it's going to pop. Those guys are going to pop. Win friends and influence people by Kyle Porter. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong. Like, it's not my fault. I like Ryan Armour. He's he's fine. He's a PGA Tour player. Yeah. He's just. He's yeah. Just a... Goodness gracious. They're all scrubs out there. You know, if you're not in the top. No, 10, come on. <laughs> That's unfair. I mean, it's all relative, right? Like, come on. That's not. So, fair. Kyle, to your uh, to your point on the distance, strokes gain off the tee. Why is that so important compared to money earners? I was thinking about this the other day and you went distance is extremely important when it comes to strokes gain off the tee, as we know, it's not the only factor, but it's a really important factor. And when you go to a PGA tour event or any round of golf and you have that distance, you carry it with you every day. So that skill that you've acquired, Bryson spent all this time acquiring the skill of hitting it farther every single day. When he shows up to the golf course, he brings that with him. If you're a player like Kevin Na, who really relies on um, great putting, he's like seventh in strokes game putting on the year, and he can win. He can go out there and win. He's won a lot recently. Um, but it, but then the next weeks he may finish tied 41st because that skill of great putting is much more volatile, and it can go away in a given day. So I, I look to that off the tee game, and I think that's one of the reasons why it's so important and why I think Victor Hovland's going to be around for a while. Okay, so R- let me – Real quick, Kyle, before you let me tee up with this before you jump into that. Um, if you're if you bend the knee to strokes gained around the green, like I do, uh, gained a half a stroke around the green this week. Victor Hovland did two out of three weeks since the restart. He's done that after losing seven straight. And I just said that. I know. I I'm giving you, I'm giving, I'm backing it up with the data here. What are the old schoolers like me that would call it this the eye test, right? I test. The test. Go ahead, Kyle. <laughs> I like spicy Mark. Wait, why do you bend the knee to uh, strokes gained around the green? Oh, no, I bend the knee to strokes gained. I, oh, I don't okay. do the eye test. I'm, I'm in the spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. I got strokes gained spreadsheet over here. Yeah, that's that's good. Okay, so let Web me read Simpson you. Masters 2020. Well, yeah. <laughs> he would have won it. He would Web yeah. Simpson should have a green jacket. Yeah, that's the best thing you've had, bro. <laughs> okay, so top 10 right now in strokes gained off the tee. Just listen to this list Cameron Champ, Bryson DeChambeau. Sergio, Rory, Johnny Vegas, John Rahm, Bubba Watson, Jason Kokrak. Hey, find a putter, Kokrak. Come on now. Uh, Xander, Scotty Scheffler, Victor Hovland, Fleetwood, DJ, Paul Casey, Corey Connors. I mean, the, if you if you put that if you overlay the money list with that uh, with that with that uh, list with that data right there, you're going to see a lot of the same guys in the top 15, top 20 on the money list. It's just, that's just what the PGA tour is right now. We can argue about whether that's what it should be, but that's what it is right now. And because of that, Victor Hovland is going to be, I think really successful for a really long time. Greg, uh, this is a specific question for you because we talk about this other guy a lot. Who, who's going to break the Puerto Rico open curse first, Tony Finau, (laughs) Victor Hovland. You love Tony Finau. I do. I love Tony Finau. One of them has to do it, right? This is crazy. This is now crazy. Uh, these guys are so good. And if it, I mean, how much longer does it have to go on? With Victor Hovland, you feel like he's going to end it. And you feel like he's going to end it this year. 
So for this to go on an entire year would be real. It would really frighten me. I, I'm not kidding. It, it would frighten me that the curse is real. I think Hovland could do it next week. I think it, the Rocket Mortgage Classic is a great venue for. We'll, we'll talk about this later the, on. But the, cur- the curse keeps getting stronger every week. That nobody, nobody. That's went. right. It, it grows. Its power grows, and we'll talk about it more and more. Which just, if Tony's listening, he's going to feel the pressure. He's really going <laughs> to feel. He's listening. Hi, 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 Tony. <laughs> hi, Tony. Nice to nice to chat. Love um, you, Tony. Well, yeah, we'll talk about that on the on the Tuesday DFS preview, Greg. Now, uh, Kyle, let's talk a little bit about Phil Mickelson because yeah. you and I yeah. let's got completely lap. ambushed after. I mean, I literally said his game was in shambles is the exact quote that I use. <laughs> and then he goes out and he's the 36 hole leader before following it up with back to back one over 71s. Kyle Porter, take your victory lap. Yeah, it's I'm going to be victory lapping in producer Jacob's mentions for the next <laughs> three weeks. I, look like it is what it is. I mean, and, and Phil has said that this is the point I made on HQ and Phil has talked about this. So it's not like this is not me saying this about him. It's him saying it about himself. The ability to focus and concentrate at a high level for 72 holes at age 50 or 51 or 52, it's just, it's, it's so hard to do. And it's very different than when you're 30, 31, 32, 20 years ago for Phil. And he's just not, I mean, I go back to the bunker shot. He hit on what was that? 12 or 14 or whatever on Saturday, 13 on Saturday. That that's not because he's, bad at bunker play that's because he lost concentration for a hole right and so when, when that is a bad line a downslope kyle come on man that when he skinned out of bounds that you referenced he had a downhill lie with water on the other side of the thing come on many, not every bunker shot is the same how many times have you seen phil do that i don't know but it's never he shots are phil, more difficult phil's the best bunker player of all time Okay, cool. get someone get Gary Player on the line, please, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord, man. I just here we go again. Again, this is not this is not my language. This is Phil's language that I'm using to to talk about his what his career is right now. He's just not gonna be able to exist at that top 10 level uh, from T to green like he used to be able to. And if you don't do that, you're just not gonna have very many opportunities to win. Mark, I hate to say this. You're the closest one to 50 in this group. Do you lack focus <laughs> for a good, and concentration? I was hoping you were going to get it. You know what? And now I'm going to turn Carl's observations on him, all right? Because yes. at 50, if one, a couple things fail, your eyesight typically starts going and your memory starts going. I mean, I can still focus for a while. And Kyle, in all of his wisdom, and I agreed with this on HQ just a few hours ago, was talking about how DJ, who seems pretty forgetful and laissez-faire about what he does, which is a benefit in golf at the, in the highest level. So, 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 you know, as far as Phil goes, yeah, look, I will concede that Father Time is unbeaten. I'm feeling this right now. And Phil, let's not forget he, bat- he battles psoriatic psori- arthritis. I don't know if that's been cleared up. He hasn't spoken in the press about this. But the one thing I know about Phil is he tosses the media bait for fun because this is what he does, okay? And then he watches to see who bites on this stuff and then he proves people like me wrong. Uh, there's many times I've said to people, well, he's cooked, yeah, there's no chance he's pulling the shot off and then he does. So I've seen my rear end once too often when it comes to calling what Phil and for that matter, Tiger are likely to do. So I'm just going to reserve comment over you and go, look, the dude's legit. Um, 
he said to his instructor, and it came over our Nat sound on Friday, maybe whenever I was on the show, he walked off the golf course, ran up that hill at 50 after 36 holes and said to his coach, Andrew gets, and he goes, we're onto something over here. And when a player starts talking like that, let me talk to you as a coach and Greg will concur with this. If your player comes running up a hill to tell you that, then you're like, let's go, baby. Let's go. So I, I think Phil's done a couple things that are really important on, on, uh, on, as far as for the arthritis and the focus, he's getting himself into shape, which goes to, first of all, the excitement, but also the physical fitness that he's in running up the hill after a round of golf. He's, he's got some of these things figured out and he's doing a lot better with it, but the game, it's going to be difficult for him over a period of time to regularly put himself in position to win with the TD green stuff that he's putting forward right now. It just, it seems so inconsistent. It, it, within a tournament uh, on a year and a large scale, I wouldn't be surprised if Phil won a PGA tour event, uh, but it's not going to happen regularly. And I don't see him as a guy who's going to continue continually put himself in position. It's going to have to be, as Rick said, a very, very specific kind of circumstance. And I, I think that still exists today. Wait a second. How, how many times have we heard Phil over the years talk about how he found something in his game? He's going to be like, he's going to be 73 at the masters hitting the ceremonial first tee shot and be like, I, th I found something. I think I should play this year. Come on, Mark. <laughs> you don't believe hey, that. Jacob, would, would you timestamp this one for the archives too? Cause I feel like this one's going to have short legs. Would uh, you, okay. How about this, Mark? Would you, um, you owe me dinner from a previous bill already, buddy wait which bet was that <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> i'm sure i'm i'm sure i do i just don't remember which one pga you and me uh, you owe me dinner anyway what were you gonna say uh would you bet your life on the fact that phil wins again or doesn't win again I'll, i'm going with phil winning again now oh, come on wow mark really yeah the eye test. That's the okay. eye test. Kyle, do me a favor, okay? Do me a favor. Because you are the one that professes that you get out and walk with golfers. I'll name them. Rory McIlroy and Jordan Spieth and Tiger Woods so you can get in front of the gallery. Oh. Come, and walk, oh. come and walk with me and Phil somewhere, okay? <laughs> what a dagger. <laughs> oh, my gosh, Mark. I've been that saving is... these up for the last few days. You didn't invite oh, me on you. That is brutal. <laughs> Come on, come come watch Phil with me. I, watch, I, I I don't need to. I can look at his numbers. I watch him on TV. He's all over the place. I mean, <laughs> in, in all seriousness, like, and we're kind of joking about some of this stuff, but I, I just, like, I want Phil to be good. I want him to be involved. I just don't know. And there's going to be moments. There's going to be tournaments. Mark, I think there's going to be a Masters over the next five years where it's like, oh, my gosh, Phil's, like, legit in it on a Sunday. Uh, that's going to be, that's going to, that's going to be unbelievable. I can't wait for that. But I just think uh, on a consistent basis, is Phil going to be involved in PJ tour events? I, I don't, I don't see it. The question that you pitched me and I'm going with Greg here. Greg said he will win. It won't be dominant. I said it won't be dominant. You said, will you play your life in the fact that Phil wins again? And I'm like, no, Phil will win again. He's just turned 50. I say no. Rick? Absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> No way. I, I, I mean, think he's going to pop no. up when we can get it done. I, I really do. The I don't know what term. Deep. Maybe I, I think he can do it. He's going to win Mexico again. <laughs> <laughs> That's that might not be bad. Uh, well, I mean, so, so when Tiger turns 50, 
and I'll, I'll turn the question to God willing way around. I'll turn the question on you. What do you say then? Me? Yeah. Well, I, I don't even know what he's going to look like at 45. Well, we've got Phil at 50 and he's looking as to Jay, to Greg's point, as good as he's ever looked. He and does. Physically, he does look and that great. That swing hasn't given up any length. Now it's a little narrow. I will concede that. And it's It's he's needing to time the thing up through the base a little bit more, but he is moving the ball in both directions right now. And he's going to find a week when he puts the ball in play and he has won 40 how many times? Four, he, 40, he knows how to close four. the deal. Yeah. He's, he's got to embrace a strategy. He's got to, he, he, he like you week. said, Mark, he's going to find something. He's got to just stick to it a little more, right? I'm going to find, I'm going to play a single shot off the tee, a little cut time and time again and get the ball in play. That Phil's wedge play is still good enough to compete. If he can put the ball in play on a course like the, like the Travelers and get it going with the putter, that's not unreasonable. It's not unreasonable. It's not Phil doesn't have to hit it 330 yards to win. He um, he can he can do it one week. I'm, I'm not saying it's going to be a lot. I'm not saying he's going to top five every other week. He's but he, he can do it. Mark I don't think time. I don't I don't think Phil would embrace a strategy if he was sponsored by the board game risk. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, I mean, that, that. that's a really good call because this week, Thursday, Friday, he was very defensive off the tee. Yeah, he wasn't hitting bombs. He was hitting that hellacious whatever it was he calls himself. Yeah, seeds. well, I think playing with with Bryson and Rory kind of helps with that. Whatever he calls himself. Yeah, does he call himself a hellacious seed? Well, he's named his. He's, you, I think you reported there on Twitter. That's how I get to communicate with you, pal. That he's naming his clothing after that. Or something. Yeah, the hit bombs clothing oh, line. Yeah. That's yeah. that's normal. Everybody yeah. everybody does that. <laughs> um. Real quick on Rory McIlroy. I don't I don't know what to say about Rory. I mean, Rory's very good. He shows he's the number one player in the world. The only in a world where you are Rory McIlroy, Kyle, does like a T12 not do it for anybody, right? Like, I, I don't know what the takeaway is from this. I don't even know if there is a takeaway from this week. Uh, so I had a small takeaway. I think the iron play is a, is a little problematic. So he lost five strokes over the last three rounds. He lost strokes each of the last three rounds uh, with his iron play. And that's, I don't know. I mean, we talk about the driver. The iron play is, should be such a strength for him. And so for him to be that consistently below average with his irons. So now, I didn't go back and look at uh, at Harbortown or Charles Schwab. I doubt he lost strokes in three of the four days with his irons. But he did here. And that's, I don't know. It just, it, it hasn't looked as sharp in the last three events as it did at the beginning of the year. Well, to that, uh, he talked of after last week, early in uh, Traveler's Week and his press, he spoke of being uncomfortable at Colonial. You know, he was rusty. And then he went to a Pete Dye place. First time he had played there in like over, I think, eight, nine years or whatever it was at uh, Harbortown. And that place, even if you're a very accurate driver and ball striker, it keeps you off balance by the visuals and by these live oaks that hang over the, the target. So it's just awkward to play. And so he felt handcuffed there. And he spoke of it leading into the travelers and then he opens up with you know a couple of good rounds and i thought okay well maybe we pass this um i'm still going to say you know it's three events into the season you know he's shooting low scores I, i'd be concerned if he wasn't making birdies and there were all sorts of erratic mistakes all over the show all he needs to do is iron out one or two sort of problematic areas during a round and all of a sudden that off day turns good so I know that sounds generic, but that's sort of my take about it. I, I'm, I'm not that concerned. So I, I think real quick on Rory here, he, he has struggling with the, the putter 
And I, I think in Rory's mind, when you start to struggle with the putter and you feel like they're not going in from any sort of distance, you feel like you got to continue to hit it closer and closer to the hole. And it adds a lot of pressure when a five foot putt, you don't know if that's going to be good. And we see that from Rory mostly on weekends. Uh, it tends to be a, a miss, uh, a missed short putt early. And all of a sudden the rest of the game kind of can, can waver a little bit. And I don't think that there's a problem with the swing when I watch him. I just, I think he's feeling a little bit of pressure because he's not comfortable on the greens. It's just a, it's a comfort thing when he gets a little bit more solid, um, making some of those shorter putts inside of 10 feet. I think you'll see the iron play come right back to form and he could win a lot. Let's just I, say. I, I agree with you there, but I'm just going to mind that statistic a little bit and, and talk about the reality of the situation. Colonial, the greens are those funny greens that are difficult to read where there's not a lot of slope, but it's gradual. And even though they're bent grass, they've got an element of grain to them. They were very grainy last week at uh, Hilton Head because the place wasn't overseeded. You know, this event is normally played in April after the Masters. Now we're in June. And if you don't know how to read heavy grain, you're going to battle reading greens around there. And we saw that with him. And then this place, you can have 15 feet and have three feet worth of break to have to contend with. So, yes, he's not making the putts that he should. But you can also chalk some of this up to the conditions that they're playing under. And, you know, you've got to hit the ball to the right area on greens like this. But again, you're not going to fill it up if you're not highly confident with a putter. So, so I'm also prepared to concede some to Rory and go, well, the surfaces you've been on the last few weeks have been awkward to read and commit to. Statistically, Rory's three weeks since the restart have been his worst strokes gained approach weeks since, well, in the entire calendar year. Now, they're not bad. He's gaining, but they're not as good, to your point, Kyle. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Gentlemen, you cannot convince me Bryson is not going to win very soon and often. Here's a little stat for you. The two point, let's see, seven, six strokes he gained off the tee this week, 13th in the field. That was his worst strokes gained off the tee week this calendar year. Um, so producer Jacob would like us to wildly speculate on when he is going to win because I think it's coming. So here's the situation, Kyle, we'll start with you. Um, if he, is he going to play every single week? So he plays next week. So then he probably doesn't play the workday charity open, which Mirfield probably would have been a good spot. So he's obviously going to play the Memorial. He's won there. So I don't know. One of those weeks. He, wait, he's playing uh, Detroit. I'm yeah, like 99% yes, sure he's in the field. That's yeah. Sick. I love it. Yeah. He's, he's going to be like uh, six to one. <clears throat> yeah. I think, I, I mean, I would have said Memorial. Um, I think his length is just, I mean, it's just going to play better there. He, yeah. here's the thing. Like I was thinking about this. I'm probably going to do uh, update my, my uh, power rankings just for like, who's the best in the world right now. And you know, even though Rory's number one in the world on the official world golf rankings, he's not going to be number one on, on my power rankings. Cause it's a, it's a shorter span of time. I think Bryson's going to be number one. I, I don't know. I don't know. You could argue other guys. You could argue Webb. You could argue, I Fear guess, Latin. I guess DJ I Ter was coming. <laughs> Terrell Hatton for sure. But I think it's Bryson. I think he's the, I think he, since the PJ tour has come back, I think he's the best player in the world. And maybe that's crazy, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. I can agree with that. Yeah, I can't. I mean, this. he shoots 65. What Bryson shoot today? 65. It happen, happens every time. And it's on courses that, 
you wouldn't expect to fit his strength. I, I don't, I, you'd have a hard time really getting an argument out of me. Um, this is what I know about what Mr. Nicholas will do for work day and for the memorial. Okay. He's had a long time to think about this work day. You'll go to the PGA tour advanced staff and say to them, here's my four hole locations for the memorial. You can put the flag sticks anywhere else you like, but not these. Okay. <laughs> and the rough is by, by the time the memorial rolls around, it's going to be lush. So he's going to ask you to hit the ball in the fairway a little bit and power off the tee will be an advantage if you can bash it down there. So Bryson, you know, he's, he's got a good, he's got a good groove around there with a victory, but the following week at Minneapolis last year he contended there, that place is wide open, man. I, you can absolutely bomb it around there and be okay. And I don't think the rough will be as punitive. So, you know, if he doesn't contend and, and pull it off at Memorial, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to submit 3M open to you. That's a good call. That was the original meme whenever uh, Wolf and Morikawa clipped him at the end and he was just slack-jawed in the, in the uh, interview <laughs> area. Uh, Bryson's going to be pretty lush by the time Memorial rolls around as well. <laughs> he, uh, he, we were going to talk about this later. I'll just bring it up now. He, I, I, I imagine he watched that DJ drive on 18 on Sunday and thought, I need to, I, I might need to gain some more weight. I might need to hit the gym again, because that's what like, that's what authentic power looks like. Not like this artificial stuff that we're dealing with right now. Uh, artificial power. <laughs> Please record that someone too. That, that drive from DJ on 18 was insane. Am I the only one that got fired up about that? Is there anybody else you'd rather have hit a tee shot on the, you have one hole to win a tournament and you got to put the ball, uh, you got to hit a great tee shot. Is there anybody you'd rather have other than DJ? Where, it, it where was, was it DJ cut the corner on Spieth in the playoff? Oh, that, yeah, was that was it. Bar- uh, that, that was the Barclays. Uh, and I think it was not Ridgewood, but it was. Yeah, Glenn. It was like Glenn Oaks or something. That's the one I think about. That's the DJ drive I think about. The, D- the DJ drive I think about was Oakmont. Uh, cause I was standing right there and I was like, Oh my God. Well, oh, you he played the next day, right? He, yeah, I played Oakmont. I don't know if you guys know. I played Augusta <laughs> you as well. Did? But, what? Uh, the, <laughs> he didn't even know what his score was at the time, which yeah. is, it was crazy. Still crazy. The one right? at Chambers Bay too. Yeah. Yeah. The both shots into cha- the, the 18th at Chambers Bay was playing like 600 yards. Yeah. He had driver, he had a five iron thing, from 250. Remind me of that thing about not having to putt very well to win. What happened on the final green at Chambers Bay? <laughs> Mark, come on. That is so that Matty had such a good drive down there. This is those on. are the this, most controversial greens. I think this is we've the ever epitome. Had. This is the epitome of like taking something and blowing it into like something that it's not. Uh-huh. <laughs> come on. <laughs> the best putter of the best drivers will win, not the best driver. Write that down. Well, clip it. Well, DJ is one <laughs> of them, Jacob, right? Jacob He's a great putter, too. Uh, Jacob, can you put this? Can you put this image on YouTube when we're talking about this right here? Okay, so there is a shot chart from DJ's drive that you have to go to YouTube and right now on the timestamp and and go look at because it's unbelievable. It shows where everyone else in the field is and where DJ's ball ends up. And to Kyle, to use Kyle's word, it's pretty sick. Sick. It's so sick. <laughs> so sick. All right, gentlemen, Travelers Championship. That was it. On next week to Rocket Mortgage, the Nate Lashley Open, I believe, is what it's called. Uh, so we'll be we'll be back. For, remember, he went wire to wire getting in like Wednesday night or whatever. It's yeah, one by six. 
yeah. it was absolutely crazy. So we'll get to that next week. But let me thank uh, the gentleman for this evening. It's Greg Ducharme. You can find him on Twitter at the real GFD. You can find Mark Immelman at Mark underscore Immelman. You can find Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find myself at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll talk to you next time. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.